Practice Practice with Krista and Kayla, a podcast in which we talk about practice and practice practice of various kinds. Hello and welcome back to Practice Practice. Today we have an esteemed guest with us, Alyssa Johanna. They are an artist and visual storyteller currently spending time in a tiny New England town working on projects in visual storytelling for children and young adults. They studied photography and video at SVA and Alyssa aims to make work that is warm and playful. Some favorite things of Al's, the Peanuts Macaroni and Cheese, Nancy Drew Brooks, The Shags, and a matinee movie. Matinee? Matinee. Said that a little funny. <laughs> I don't Welcome, think I've ever Al. heard that said out loud. <laughs> Hi, Al. Hello. Hello. Welcome oh, to the hello. Pod. hello, practice, practice listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Al, uh, thank you for being with us today. Um, so, we asked you, as we ask all of our guests, to assign us an exercise to practice for the past two weeks or so. Um, could you could you describe that for us, what you, what you assigned to us? Yes. So my general practice is, I mean, there are two ways to approach this practice. I will start. Um, and the main thing is to pick something that is silly or an idea that you would normally not get dumb or something too ridiculous and pull your entire resources behind it, put your whole heart into it, deeply commit to it and just make it your life for whatever period of time you can kind of dictate for you guys to do it. Um, and it could be something like large, just being like an actual, uh, like an art project, whatever, or it could just be like, I'm gonna, I don't know, like wear pajamas nine days straight and whatever. Um, but yeah, so I would love to hear what like very silly things you guys have been up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we get into that, I just um, how did how did you conceive of this this practice? Is this something that you like practice in your daily creative life? Uh, how did you come up with this? Yeah, so I ended up in this very strange town uh, due to COVID, and I was living in Brooklyn for the better part of a decade uh, before this, and I you know ended up. Like I didn't, I lost my job. I was in this space that was totally unfamiliar, and I was just like, okay, like I need to not feel awful. <laughs> like how how like can I like be kind to myself, or how can I just like stop being so cruel? Or <laughs> oh, sorry, bird call like really distracting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, how how do I like how do I make myself feel better? How how do I like do anything? And every idea I was having, I was just like, this is so dumb, which is something that like definitely stopped me from making anything. Uh, I guess to preface it all, it's I was barely making work, <laughs> like my own or personal work for for years before that, and every now and again, but like nothing. I didn't take it very seriously, um, and I was just like, okay, like everything I think is stupid, like 
every idea I have, I'm just like, this is so stupid, <laughs> which is a terrible word. And I shouldn't say that to myself. But then I was just Relatable, like, how do though. I, you know, I was like, how do I like embrace the fact that I think I'm a fool? And it's like, well, I am a fool. I should just be a fool. <laughs> like there's, <laughs> there's pride in being that. And like, I think it was just re, re kind of calibrating my perspective on like my ideas and just learning that that is what is beautiful about me and I shouldn't hate myself I shouldn't hate those things so if drawing a worm every single day for a week is gonna make me not feel dejected and is gonna lead to some more often than not like it would lead to some other idea or at the very least like I didn't cry that week because I was drawing a worm every day and it was funny and <laughs> stupid and like not everything has to be that deep and mm. I think kind of approaching it in that way made it serious. These silly things became serious to me because I was like, this is my life. And this is, for the lack of a better word, becoming my practice of like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's kind of like the general origin is just mm. acknowledging these parts of myself that I let make me feel small and instead make them be full or make me feel full. Um, that's that's so awesome <laughs> it's like you're just giving yourself permission to lower the stakes a little bit and then the stakes like sneak up on you right it becomes your practice the worm <laughs> the like daily worm drawing becomes something you're actually quite serious about but it's like uh by not starting it that way by not starting it like this this is the most serious important thing that I'm ever going to do it um that's like super liberating. It takes a lot of pressure off because like at the end of the day, yeah. like there doesn't have to be an audience for this. Like the function of it could just be that like, I don't like, I just like, I didn't stare at the wall. Like that's incredible. <laughs> and like, sometimes yeah. that is just as important as like impacting someone's life with some like great piece of work. I don't know. And as a, friend and fan of your work and maybe this is jumping ahead on putting a little bit of pressure back on when we don't need it but like the work you do is so amazing and brings so much joy and you work for a, a like in cartooning and kind of for kids and but like it's also so relevant and so relatable and like taking the pressure off I think was oh able God. to like Wait. make you get oh no you're paused as I'm gushing <laughs> about your work <laughs> I think you're back. You, you froze oh, them no. with your words of encouragement. <laughs> yeah, I was just yes. like, oh, not clearly, like, my brain be like, cannot compute you being mystery. <laughs> it's like some sort of cosmic, like, you can't hear this. <laughs> you can't hear the compliments. Well, to say it without a compliment, it works. Okay. <laughs> and it's worthwhile to do the silly things. <laughs> oh. So besides, besides, okay, you gave the example of like drawing a worm. <laughs> Are there any <laughs> other examples that come to mind with, with this practice for you in, in your life? Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of funny because like I was kind of saying before, there's like the micro and the macro of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the fact that I think that I have the right to be a cartoonist right now is a joke <laughs> or like almost like feels like, 
I'm just like, that is ridiculous. It is so silly when you break it down of just being like, yes, like my life is going to be drawing cartoons right now. And that is a very, very silly thing <laughs> to say. So there's the wider practice of just like acknowledging it's silly, it's ridiculous, but so is anything, I guess. But it, it does it does feel silly to, to just really uh, on paper accept that. Um, but then there is also just like the more personal level outside of like my artistic practice of it being a lot of maybe not self-love, but just self-acceptance of understanding like the way I communicate or move my body or like crawling around the house on all fours and like just like really being like free in myself and purposely like allowing myself to not allow that to be a humiliation and mm. like kind of just I think it's about stepping out of posturing and realizing that like running around down running down the stairs or running up the stairs and all four is objectively fun and <laughs> like that is something that like you know some I think a lot of people and I guess I can only really speak for myself like I would stop and just be like this is like I am an adult this is ridiculous and stupid and like I shouldn't do this but it made me it makes me laugh for a day or like it's something that makes me feel more in tune with myself and gives I'm allowed to give myself more grace when like I try and have a little bit of fun or a little bit of like tenderness towards like the parts of myself that I I feel are embarrassing <laughs> mm. tenderness is such a good word for it and kind of like a parallel way of phrasing this like silly practice is also just being tender to yourself and your interests. And it feels to me sort of like a nice counter to like uh, positive affirmations, which I always, you know, it's it's like, um, let's say I'm struggling with my my art feeling too silly, <laughs> right? And then like, the, you know, the positive affirmation for that might be like, my art is important and matters and people care about it. And it's just <laughs> affirmations to me. I'm just like, why? I, th those are lies. <laughs> and so rather than creating this like cognitive dissonance where you're having an argument with yourself about like, uh, you know, what I do is important. What I do is worthless. You're just like, okay, so if maybe it is worthless and like, let's enjoy that. And then it completely takes the argument out of your head and just lets you be freed up to like do the silly thing. And then maybe it does end up being important, but you're not like having that argument with yourself that ends up keeping you from making it in the first place. Yeah, well, totally. And I mean, don't get me wrong, that argument still happens. I'm of not course. like some enlightened person <laughs> of being like, I love myself and like I crawl around and I do whatever. I'm so free. It's like definitely a multiple times a day of just being like, no, shut up. Like, just like love, you know, it's fun. Just have fun for a second. <laughs> like, and I think that is something that's really important because I feel like sometimes these sort of like, sentiments are so patronizing there's so many times where people are just like you know like have fun like you're an artist whatever or like you you are you <laughs> and I'm just like there's just so many times where I just like oh my god like 
shut up. Like, <laughs> it's just so stupid. But, you know, I am me. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, you it, like silly it, things. I, I gotta just, you gotta laugh at it. You gotta laugh at the affirmations because, like, that argument is always gonna happen. But the fact that the argument is happening is also laughable. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a silly thing to argue with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Especially about things that you're interested in. Yeah. Whether it be climbing up the stairs on all four or drawing worms. Exactly. Which I, I will say that uh, my mind does go beyond those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why those are the first examples, but, the, the, you know, it's fine going with it. They're good, silly things. Good yeah. examples. <laughs> How do you feel about having fun? Are you someone who, like, struggles mm. to have fun? What's your relationship with fun? (laughs) I I am someone who is deeply, deeply, deeply cruel to myself. And Mm. I acknowledge that. And that definitely has in the past hindered a lot of fun. I definitely will always make myself... There's a lot of... Not always. I'm trying not to use that word. Um, I, I will make myself small quite often. Uh, myself feel small quite often um and with like even just like I don't know you know the casual dissociation thing of like thinking I'm having fun and being like you fool like what are you doing (laughs) so like it's not that this like sort of thing has always been super easy for me or even just like casual fun it's not that it's you know so taxing or difficult but like I I like can be painfully self-aware and that's definitely hindered like certain levels of freedom. But I also like, I feel like in the moments that I am able to like truly just kind of let go, which, you know, takes a lot of like, just like deep mental separation. Then like, that's when like real fun, I guess happens. I don't know. I feel like fun is such a funny uh like I just like what is fun I don't even know like I sometimes I'm like yeah it's like it's like sometimes doing the dishes is fun but also like a roller coaster is fun like I don't know like <laughs> I guess it's just really perspective based on that day um I don't know not to get so like deep on it because also it's not that deep that's what fun should be it should not be that deep I guess yeah but th- I mean this is why why you have the practice in the first place right it's to like make an effort (laughs) like it it wouldn't be you know if if fun was something or if you know being silly or um being free to kind of do whatever you want and give yourself that grace came easily then we wouldn't be having this conversation right like we wouldn't be making an effort to do this yeah exactly (laughs) krista do you want to share what what silly thing you did as as a response to Al's prompt. Yes. And I feel like I failed a little bit, but no. also I think I'm going to blame grad school for that and also as you guys are talking now, I realize that this will be the most impactful practice to me if I apply this to picking my thesis topic for grad school. Like it can be something I think is silly cuz similarly I think kind of anything that is serious needs to be the big perfect thing and I do it right the first time and it needs to be impactful in the world but it can also be kind of silly it can feel silly 
Um, but for my practice, I kind of talked about a lot of things with you guys and then was kind of having trouble brainstorming for a while and kind of just ended up on like, I'm going to put on makeup every day. I'm going to put on a bright lipstick. I'm going to maybe do like a crazy eyeliner and I'm just going to wear it for the day. And this is something that like I've kind of always done and I've always loved makeup. But because of the pandemic and just being like in Zoom school or home alone, it felt silly to put on red lipstick, especially if I'm like, if I go outside, I'm putting on a mask. Like, why would I do this? But I feel so much better. I feel like glamorous when I'm doing it and I feel like cool and chic. And then there's kind of a movie that can start of like me being in my apartment and I just feel like more important. Um, And it's like, it's fun to like feel how that kind of like snowballed or it's just like more fun to like catch myself in the mirror if I'm like wearing red lipstick and like a cute dress. Um, playing dress up yeah and dress up is so much fun (laughs) that's all I ever want to (laughs) do and it's it's interesting because like I feel like that's something that I associate so intrinsically with you is like beautiful makeup and like you know like just always being like this beautiful little dolly to me (laughs) 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 but I think a lot of it is about leaning into that part that's like you know it's at the heart of yourself and like yeah. that makes me happy that that, that that's mm. kind of what you went with or like kind of just like really leaned into yeah and and that you're doing it for yourself rather than doing it for you know an audience or like the you know mm-hmm. the people that you interact with and that like yeah turning that performance into something that brings you joy by yourself in your apartment by yourself <laughs> um yeah Hearing you say that, it makes me realize, and even just feeling how much it impacted me, like, I'd always thought, like, I only did it for myself, but there was an element that was still kind of, like, performative for the outside world, and it has felt really good, like you said, for it to be just for me. Mm. It's a whole new world. (laughs) Um, What about you, Kayla? What did you do? Well, I... I will, I will say, I will tell you, <laughs> but, but I, <laughs> but, um, it's just something I was thinking also was just like about hobbies and I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I, I feel like for a lot of creative people, we kind of, we turn our creative hobbies into like the, the job, the thing that we want to monetize. Right. And so I remember having a very impactful therapy one time, uh, like a year or so ago. Um, my therapist was just like, um, do you have any hobby? Like, what do you do for fun? Do you have any fun? Do you know how to have fun? And I was just, I, it, I was really upset, like angry because I was like, you bitch. But I, you know, but I was like, you're fucking right. God damn it. Because um, it just had never occurred. I was like, what do you mean? what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean do things that are just for me? What are you talking about? Um, and it really, it's, I like went home that night and Googled like how to have fun. Um, and there was like a, a wiki how about it. You can, if you are also struggling to have fun, you can find it. <laughs> um, but I think that for like this exercise for me, um, I don't know. I think when we turn our creative practices, like, you know, you grow up, uh, you know, think maybe drawing is the thing that you do for fun. And as you get older, and if it's something that you continue to, uh, I don't know, invest in and and 
want that to be like your career, it no longer just becomes a source of fun. There's like a huge amount of, of ego and weight on it and, um, and also survival. <laughs> and um, anyway, I just, I was wondering about hobbies. Like, do you guys have hobbies? <laughs> Is that something that you do? Because for me, this was like about developing a hobby. I definitely have hobbies, but I feel like the definition of a hobby doesn't always have to be like an action-based thing. Mm. Like, because mm. sometimes if you're like, it could just be something that you're like really invested in interest-wise. Um, like, it's not like, I don't know, when I think of a hobby, I think of like woodworking, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> not that that's something I do, but it feels like a trade. <laughs> like, I like, could see you woodworking. In my mind, no. <laughs> no. Um, but it's like, I think about like the really silly hot like I think like like movies are a hobby of mine like I love mm. film and that's something that like that like watching movies and like sharing or like obsessive screenshotting is a hobby like <laughs> I consider that a hobby mm. it's not I'm not monetizing it I do have a very uh unactive Instagram for it but <laughs> <laughs> but it's a hobby uh watching the entirety of star trek this past year has been a hobby it has been a full-time mm. hobby like it's silly it's dumb it's not practical like there are people who can i guess make a career off of like watching something <laughs> or being a fan of something but i think being a fan can be a hobby um yes yeah and that uh i don't know sometimes also like sometimes I guess certain kinds of drawing does feel like a hobby for me. Um, mm. Fan art feels like a hobby. <laughs> fan, fan art is, well, that, okay, that, that is what we'll I have been it. doing. We'll get into it. Segway. Yeah, no, segue into, <laughs> into what I've been doing these past two weeks, um, which is actually, it's funny, when, um, when Al brought this practice to well when we you know asked Al to bring this practice to us <laughs> let's not act like this was you know their idea this was you know us forcing our guests to give us homework um, but uh, um, I had already been start, sort of for the past few months really deeply kind of doing this exact exercise um, I got really into um, making like a fan art fan fiction comic um and it's it's like the most silly embarrassing thing that I could possibly think of no one will ever see it it's just for me <laughs> um <laughs> and, and and um but I I've like really become obsessive about it um and like just let myself kind of do this one thing that is purely for fun uh it's made me kind of rethink my whole kind of artistic practice anyway but um yeah, that's that's the thing that I've been doing <laughs> for this past couple of weeks, but also for the past couple of months. Hmm. Fan now fiction. I'm like desperate to read. <laughs> I know. Every time. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, please. I know this is like, I'm like, oh, I'll keep things to yourself, but like, please, can I read this? I feel the exact same way. Like, every time you say no one will ever see it, I'm like, I want to respect that. <laughs> but I also deeply want to read it. <laughs> and I would like to make that known. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no comment on that. Um, well, that's fair. No. That's fair. That's okay. <laughs> well, then I can, I can take some heat off you and talk about my hobbies then. 
<laughs> I'm realizing I have a fuck ton of hobbies, and really? I like them that way. Well, like, I'm learning how to weave. I have no interest in that being something I monetize or bring into, like, an art practice. Like, that's just fun, and I like the act of, like, weaving, it turns out. And, like, I've also, like, taken up knitting in the past, but... Also, I'm big on quitting hobbies, which I'm trying to get get over. Because, um, like, knitting, love it, but I just stopped doing it. Um, or, like, it kind of manifested. It's, like, I like hobbies that make things, but then, like, when there are too many things, I'm, like, I, I don't have space for this. I need to – I can't keep doing it. But the one thing that I've really kept doing, which has had the same impact, has been ceramics. And that's something that I'm, like – I need to sell these things to get rid of them, but I don't, I just want to like break even. It's just like, I made a conscious decision probably about a year ago that I was like, I'm doing this for fun. There's no pressure to make like a groundbreakingly stunning ceramic thing. Like I just love throwing on the wheel. I love the magic, the alchemy of like putting clay in a heated vessel and then it being shiny and glittery when you bring it out. Um, and so it's a hobby now, and I'm kind of, like, going into graphic design as a career choice, and I'm accepting that this and even photography might become a hobby for me, um, which I, I think I like it so much better. And it, it embracing it as a hobby is also embracing, like, the silly aspect of it and saying, like, I'm doing this for myself and because I like the process, and it's not about the end result. Um, though maybe I'm conflating, maybe I'm conflating, like, silly and process-oriented, it's interesting because as someone who is a formally trained photographer who like thought about it in a deeply, deeply academic way, it almost is, I guess, functioning as a hobby for me now. But the way in which my brain deals with photography is so like uh, intense and like it's like it's not like silly. It's like. I like have worked through some shit with that medium (laughs) in the past and it's not to say that my drawing isn't the same way just because like something like maybe like outwardly silly doesn't mean that it's not deeply complex but I do think like I think because I am mostly a portrait photographer it's like so much more in like it's so much uh, it's less of a solitary pursuit of like exploring Mm -hmm. like a place or a world or whatever it's like deeply communicating with another person for me or like truly observing someone, um, which like my brain just operates so differently with it. It doesn't feel like a, it is very process oriented or it is very like, I get very heady and like academic with it. Um, yeah. Which think, is, yeah, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> where I get caught up with a lot of things. Having studied photography too, um, I was going to say professionally, but like formally in university, like in a different Mm -hmm. setting than you, but it was like focused on documentary photography for the most part. So like that's where like I took that kind of like academic headiness and then kind of put that into like the jobs I was getting. And I realized like that's not sustainable and that makes me feel like the work I'm doing is like fucking bullshit and I have no interest to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um and now that I've decided consciously to like take photography out of that, I think I'm back and being like, oh, I can take photos of silly things and document my daily life. And like, I have a desire to do that now. And it's not as much as it used to be, but like feeling that come back is like really liberating and feels mm-hmm. quite nice. Like meeting an old friend a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But have you ever tried to do like a silly practice with photography? 
or have you wanted to? The thing that's interesting with photography, or I think being coming from a multidisciplinary background, it's actually having a conversation with my partner about this recently of like, I've been working on this long form project for a while or like the last several months. And like, it'll be one of those things where I was explaining how I was feeling like non-corporeal when I was making it and like totally like exiting my body. And he was just like, it's because you actually became a camera for seven Mm. hours straight. Like you're, what you're doing is you're like, you're, he was like, this is the most I've seen you like apply. Like you're basically treating this like photographs. You're treating it like a film. Um, And you're pretending to be a camera in this situation of this like, you know, non-existent world or like, and I think viewing it that way or just like thinking about it that like, oh, like, this is kind of photography. Mm. <laughs> like comics can be photography, which is like really interesting. Like, and how those practices inform one another. Like the way in which like I will construct the framer of a panel for a comic is like very much how I would take a photo. Um, so it almost kind of it, it sort of feels like I am taking something that like is not this like very intense portrait necessarily of say you Krista which I've done before (laughs) (laughs) and instead it's like you know this this like goofy little like dot-eyed human (laughs) and like or humanoid I don't really know um and (laughs) like how to describe that Mm -hmm. um and like that I don't know that's something that I I've, I've just been like thinking a lot about of like how those kinds of disciplines like there is a really blurred line with them like I don't have to think about them. Like, I've always, like, talked about thinking about them cyclically as, like, you know, one project to the next. But, like, they kind of are all the same at the Mm. end of the day for me now. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this, the long-form project that you're working on, just to be be clear for Mm -hmm. people who don't know, it's a graphic novel. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Or Um, a comic. Like an episode. Yeah, calm. I, I'm like, eh. <laughs> 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 I feel like graphic novel makes it seem like I'm like, I don't know, like trying to do some like really intense adult like Chris Ware type thing, but it's like definitely not. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, it's like uh, it's like an episodic, or it's something that I'm doing more like short story based stuff. But yeah, mm, totally. That's. That's what I'm, I've been getting into as well with my, like, silly practice hobby. I mean, I'm, I'm adding in the word hobby. I don't know if that was, like, your, it's part of your <laughs> intention or anything. But for me, it's been a helpful, um, it's, for me, I've been having the idea of having a hobby. <laughs> um, <laughs> it takes all of the pressure off. But like you, I think it, it's really, like, adjacent to the work that I would kind of describe as my serious practice, um, which is all kind of dealing with the same stuff, right? Like uh, in my art practice, um, it's I, <laughs> it's like both text and image, uh, these things combined. Um, and in making these like fan fiction comics, it's it's the same kind of material. It's just different way of laying it out on the page and telling a story and and um and and having it be about like a world that already exists like uh 
that I'm not completely inventing out of my own mind completely takes the the pressure off of it and and makes it just just truly like silly and fun and um but it's also been really just helpful for developing like technique like <laughs> and just and just getting to draw because the like the act of drawing is really pleasurable to me and uh I don't do it very often in my like serious practice um but yeah com- comics comics yeah I mean it's interesting because like I I spend like every day like so much of my life I guess like working on on this project and like various drawing projects now so it's just like it's almost like I don't know if I it's almost like I don't know if I'd call it a hobby anymore (laughs) like is it a hobby when you like that's all you do like no Mm. (laughs) but like I also like am not necessarily in the moment of creating it right now. It would be amazing if these things have eventually have an audience and are eventually like become it's like the next level of the practice or the next level of like the function of the piece. But right now, like I'm like, okay, what is the function of this thing that I'm drawing today? It is a part of this greater whole that is like, you know, illustrating X, Y, and Z. Is it just like a drawing of a bug because it's funny and I need to laugh. Is it like a drawing for my, of a, while well, I'm thinking of a friend because I miss them. Like what, I think it's just kind of, I need to break down the functionality of it for me. And like at the end of the day, I think kind of whenever, when I'm able to like break down everything as being, you know, fun or if I'm able to break down everything, that was a heavy quote, by the way, for those who can't see me. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, when I'm able to like really kind of just feel like, you know, all of the all of these things feel like stupid, so therefore, I guess they're all serious. If everything mm-hmm. I think is stupid, then everything has the same right to be as like much of my my livelihood or my like life or something mm. um and god sorry this is one of those moments where like it's like other owl is like floating outside of my body and it's like life force like come on now like, <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> but that's you know when you ground back in and i'm like yeah whatever it's really just, just i don't know <laughs> you gotta laugh at it Um, Mm. and uh, I I think it's just the the kind of core of this practice is as silly as everything if everything is silly and you are able to put everything on an equal playing field and everything has the same exact right and my entire personhood has the same right to succeed in whatever fashion that means or to be valuable or to be impactful to someone other than me or just myself and like that is incredibly valuable and that is something that's magical and like I don't know it 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 kind of oscillates the seriousness of just like this is fine art to like this is uh I'm losing my train of thought um I don't know yeah it it, it oscillates the 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 hobby versus like the hobby versus the versus the I guess I'm trying not it's not career because I'm not trying to think about this in like economic terms but like Mm. the I don't lifestyle like life pursuit 
I guess. Yeah. Like life's work. Know. Yeah, work. <laughs> the of. <laughs> yeah. I think that was so so well put and so important and I think um I mean the, this this practice that you have brought to us is not um, it's not like just have a hobby. It, you know, it's not that. It's your specifically the way I think the way that you described it to us was like go all in on a silly thing. Like p- mm-hmm. do a silly thing, but like take it really, you know, full throttled seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for it's really a, it's a framing mechanism. It's it's like a way of framing something to allow yourself to take something, to, you know, to really go all in on something. Um, and for me, I think framing something as a hobby makes it that way also. Like, I'm, I'm not somebody yeah. who's ever really had, like, I can't seem to segment my interests into, like, this is a thing I'll do in this kind of, you know, in my, in my free time. Like, that becomes the thing that I want to do in every free second <laughs> of my day, mm. whether it's my work time or my, you know, f- free time in, squ- in scare quotes. But... Um, and so this, this like comic thing that I've been doing, even though it's like totally embarrassing and silly and um, not something that I plan to like monetize or, or anything, it's, it's become like the primary thing that I focus all of my extra minutes on. Like if I'm not, if I'm not teaching my class or grading things for class, uh, you know, doing like the professional things that I have to be doing, I'm, I'm doing that, which is really, I mean, it's minutes that I would have spent on, you know, my very serious art practice that is heavy and and serious and hard to do um and instead just like letting myself have fun with this thing that I'm doing because who knows maybe it will end up being useful to ultimately what I want to achieve with my creative practice or or whatever and just like letting Mm -hmm. letting myself take it as seriously as I would you know my uh artwork that is more about serious shit (laughs) (laughs) I'm realizing that the book topic that I've chosen for my bookmaking class in grad school right now I'm realizing this just applies to my grad school career I guess this silly practice to to pivot away a little bit I guess from what you guys are saying um but I had this realization that like the book topic that i pitched was kind of like I have no other ideas maybe something better will come but it's a I'm writing a book right now about this past year and my experience of like living alone and just like the way that time slowed down and that's something where I'm like this is deeply silly like who the fuck cares about like me like during this time like I've just been sitting at home alone like that's whatever but I think like having to have to do homework for it I've been putting it off but like reframing it as like, yeah, this is silly. I need to go all in on this thing because Al told me to mm-hmm. is going to make it a lot easier for me to do in the next few weeks. <laughs> um, and like, I feel like there's there's a kind of like, it is silly to be writing something about yourself, especially if it's time that you didn't really do anything. But like, that's okay. I can still do it. And it'll be a thing and... Maybe I'll show no one after my class, but like, if that I'm... makes it easier for you to to do the thing, then yeah, great. yeah. Glad to be an authoritative presence in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that also speaks to like 
how kind of powerful this like how silliness can be and it like it's silly so it feels small but like embracing it can be big I think it's just like also to kind of go back to I guess generally what we've been talking about at large Mm -hmm. of just like not I think just like especially in this past year I have completely had to like recontextualize like what is transactional for me like does this art does my practice have to be transactional like Mm -hmm. and so much of that has felt like really heavy on like you know uh performance on social media or before I mean I was also off of it for like six months so whatever but like uh just kind of like who is looking at my work and digesting it this way or how how is this being shared like am I getting x y and z job from it like what is this person is this one cool person like loving it like is this person I admire loving it and not like a to b relationship and how um frankly toxic it is to me (laughs) um because I like will just I I I've spent so much time like in my in my life before this moment of just talking myself out completely from making work or uh pursuing drawing or anything um or even like making photos um often because I would get so hung up on the transactional relationship between that work and the uh, mm-hmm. ultimate function of that work and how like if you know 500,000 people aren't like loving it or I mean that's a totally random number I don't know why I settled on that but like even like if a thousand people aren't like obsessed with it uh or five people aren't even obsessed with it like I, I don't know. I, I feel like that that sort of like level of approval, I've had to like really kind of look at myself and look at how I've existed in, existed in this capitalist structure and how much that's dictated my happiness and dictated my self-worth and dictated my ability to think that like I am not a piece of shit and like how much that's like made me feel embarrassed for trying things or made me feel like humiliated by like the art that I make. And, like, even when I'm alone, that, like, kind of spectator, that, like, Mm -hmm. looming transaction has, like, just, like, made me, like, be numb in the past or just made me feel small or the little bits of steps that I, that I did, did try because I felt so hung up on the structure of, like, approval rating or, or even, like, of a boss of a, of a, of a peer of anyone, like, that, taking that step back and learning that like the function could just be like not feeling dejected it could be like being tender it could be like that one other person thinks it's funny it could be that I made my partner laugh this day (laughs) and like that that is far more valuable than like obviously survival survival I don't need to get into that but like (laughs) but like but the the general consensus is like that is far more valuable to me and like a far more important life lived than like constantly like hanging myself in the balances of is this good enough for this is this Mm -hmm. idea good enough for this which I guess is the origin of it all yeah totally that like internalized voice of 
expected criticism and <laughs> all all of it. Yeah. And I used to think that voice was like preparing me for the worst and like protecting myself from letdown, but it just like it doesn't serve me or you or any of us anymore at this point in our lives. Don't get me wrong. I love constructive criticism. Kristen knows that. I live mm-hmm. off of it. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Make the thing better for me, you know? Yeah. But, like, but I think it's more of just like, you know, this cool person doesn't think this or like I like I don't have X, Y, and Z followers or this amount of engagement or like, I haven't sold, like, I don't have this kind of publisher, like, right now, even though I haven't even made anything. Or, you know, like, mm. that, like, kind of perceived, like, uh, spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are all kind of, like, ways of phrasing progress as, like, goals rather than a practice. Which I think yeah. is, goals can be kind of bad sometimes, depending on how you are framing them. Or, like, if they're externally based rather than internally based. Yeah, and also it's, like, I'm not a person. There are a lot of people who are able to separate their art from themselves. And I think that I am so jealous of you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, my, like, my art is so, like, even when it's so tied to my soul and, like, I know that seems like so dramatic, but like, I really feel like it's like a spiritual driven thing for me. And mm. it's so such a full part of my person and accepting that this past year and accepting that like, I am literally only equipped, like not only, but like I am most equipped to like draw this duck having a temper tantrum. Like this is clearly like what I am most equipped to do. Like I, I it like I am like blissed and I am like transcending. Like <laughs> I am fully myself. Like you know, marching around my house or doing whatever. Like this is clearly like I keep eventually doing this. Like I keep coming, arriving at this place. These things are not accidental. Like this part of my heart is not like some like ego driven, clearly not ego driven, <laughs> um, but uh, implantation. Like it's just, you know, it's a gift. And like, I feel like that stuff needs to be honored. Um, that fan fiction needs to be honored. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah. Wh- whatever, whatever like framing mechanism you can put in your brain to allow yourself to have that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, great. I think that's why it can be so hard, why we get in our own way sometimes with, you know, there are things that we deeply, deeply want to make um, that are just like straight from the heart. (laughs) Um, But then there's all of this garbage that like floats around about, you know, Uh, public reception and whether or not it will be good or whether or not you'll make money from it or whether or not it, you know, is is a good use of your time um, that, you know, reframing it in this way of just like, go all in on on the silly thing um, is, is liberating in a way that I think a lot of other frameworks are not (laughs) where they're like, they, you know, double down on like, yeah, take it real seriously. Um, And that almost makes it harder, I think. Yeah. 
I think that's what I've been experiencing in grad school and like why I've been procrastinating so much and like struggling with that this this spring semester it's it's almost too serious I need to bring some silly back in and I need to I don't know kind of free myself from the this is my career I need to make these important things um that's something my very very genius friend Matthew told me once was just like I say this because I do think he's a beautiful genius um (laughs) but uh, he was just like you know you just you got to find your audience like your Mm -hmm. audience isn't necessarily like something I, I was just like my audience isn't necessarily like 27 to 35 year olds on Instagram <laughs> like that's just not it's probably not it for what I'm doing and like that that's fine like that should be fine um and I think just framing it of being like you know I'm saying right now like this work you know this one work that might be the audience for it, but this work is probably not it and that audience exists and like not that I have to like I think it's more just like knowing that there are a lot of different types of people out there and someone will love what you're making. And mm. if you not to be like, do you, but like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know, I don't know, like even thinking about like what you were talking about, like fan fiction, I feel like that's a thing that's like so embarrassing for a lot of people, but it's also something that I think brings a lot of people community and think it brings a lot of people like there's an audience for it. You know what I mean? It exists. It's, totally i i think honestly like engaging with a fandom is a is a super new thing for me first of all for like (laughs) first of all being being this deeply invested in a fiction uh and then also like um finding a community of people who you know whether whether it's like a hundred people or a couple thousand people like they're just knowing that there are these people who are so so deeply in this thing (laughs) that they like will spend all of their extra like time and resources on engaging with the fandom it's really it's really kind of it's incredibly heartwarming to see all of these people who yeah just who like write fan fiction and read fan fiction and and love it (laughs) and they're like shameless about it and even if they have like you know for a lot of people um, I'm, I'm engaging with this like online community of, of fans and a lot of them have like, I mean, you, what's, what's the word? Like a, a pseudonym or, um, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're coming anonymously and that's really liberating also because it takes away all of the like, um, I don't know, public shame consequences and you're just like, these are just people who truly enjoy this thing and um, no matter how silly it is, they're allowing each other to be serious about it. And it's really awesome. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, like, and it's just like, you know, being being a cartoonist is not that different. Like, it's like being an adult and sitting here and drawing cartoons. And there are plenty of people who are a lot older than me who've been doing this for a lot longer. Uh, it is It is ridiculous. It is a very silly pursuit. And it is a very, very silly form of communication but people read them and people connect with them and having that level or having that like communicative style of expressing feeling or making people feel soothed and it's you know they're it it, it's a very strong it's a powerful thing it's a powerful tool and like Mm -hmm. 
I think just understanding that these things that that are like so and you know it's embarrassing as I guess I don't want to go too heavy into like what it means to do adulthood things but like you know like it's embarrassing to like have like pursuits that are like cartoons or a fan or whatever or like even just like being like really into a sport I think is so corny (laughs) (laughs) like uh but like it is it's like you know it's a very 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 goofy thing to like have paraphernalia and like fully like commit to like a lifestyle of something and but there's always going to be someone and there is always like I don't know these tools are just really powerful and I it's something like I have I think has always been a through line in my work of just like you know always just loving loving people who who go fully full hog on something it's why i love doing stuff for teen girls it's why i love doing stuff for teens in general and like younger mm. people just because i think there is a little bit more like open receptiveness there's a little less shame i think uh entrenched in that um i just think we i think we're all kind of finding our way back into that <laughs> yeah and like who would you who would you have to become were you to like really take that seriously or like, mm-hmm. what would that make you and what would you accomplish if you like really just let yourself go all in on a thing, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. sometimes I'll just be at a bookstore and be like, this book is published because this person like committed, <laughs> you know? That's like, tot- like, I have this wall where I've been printing my pages and pacing them on and I look at it and I'm just like, clearly I'm in this. <laughs> and like, someone else also was in this at some point and that communal practice uh, I think that's something that's also really important to me I guess to like talk about practice again or circle back is the communal act of trying the act Mm. of like pursuit of like really like fully fault not following your heart but like deeply like working on something that is intrinsic to your core there's someone else who I think is so much like in the past I would kind of like construe as being better than me or smarter than me or like you know or even like in ego moments like the who makes shitty art (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we're all sitting at our table we're all like trying and that moment of knowing that this person I admire is also sitting down and like flogging themselves and really trying to like pursue something in the same moment that I am doesn't make me like I'm not less valuable than them we're like all in in this moment together we're all like pasting our walls full with something and like what I'm saying is just as important as what they're saying and I'm sure they're having a very similar trickle trickle down effect of like you know there's always someone who you think is better than you or more worthy and like like some this fucking forty five year old dude making a comic and uh, why can't I like why yeah. like you know what I mean like there's no reason like I'm in why this, why not I'm me this, yeah and like I'm in this like very bizarre situation where like I am I'm in this moment not having to like be so hung up of my survival like I have in the past so like this is a privileged moment that has a gift and like you know like literally win like am I going to like you know 
just fully just be like, I am a cartoonist and this is what I'm going to do with my life. And this is just what I'm committing to do with my life. It's terrifying. I'm really mean to myself still, but I'm still doing it every day. <laughs> and I'm still like, really, you know, I'm going to try. Um, and, you know, if these things like never fully like live out in the world, that doesn't like hinder their importance to me, I guess. Yeah. And, and doing all of this and like committing yourself in, in the context of the pandemic, it's, it's, um, I think that's also a really important factor to it too, because it's not, you know, you're kind of forced into the situation where you're just like, okay, well, I'll, I have no excuses now. Right. Like, but it's like not so much about the productivity of no excuses. Mm. I think it was more, it's more about like, okay, I lost my job. I lost my house and now I'm in this really weird small town that makes it viable for me while I'm in this like after this traumatic like readjustment like I have barely made art for years and like I need to I need to I need to get I need I need to do something to feel better Mm -hmm. and that pursuit of just like of how that snowballed is something that is beyond me. <laughs> I would have never, I would have never guessed that like, I'd be like sitting here working so intensely on this thing. Like, I think it's just because like I removed it from productivity and mm. uh, like recontextualized the survival of like my basic survival of feeding myself and housing myself right now. I'm stable for like at this moment I wasn't before and now I am. And now the survival is like keeping my heart and my brain in a happy place and so I think it was just kind of more of a trade-off than of of survival modes than like fully outputting something yeah and it's so easy to lose the heart and brain survival mode when you're in in the thick of it in the thick of like I think especially New York fosters that like I mean, in relation to comparing yourself to other people's goals, too, that kind of like, I need to feed myself and everything here is so expensive and I'm only making this much money. And like, there's like, there's just so many things in like our usual society that I'm hoping that we can all bring the heart and mind back to that. Don't get me wrong. It's it's an immense privilege to be able to like, yeah. It shouldn't be, but it is an immense privilege to be able to give myself the space to like to to, to be okay. Um, um, I I don't know. I I don't take that lightly. I, mm-hmm. I will be firm on that. This has been a really, um, I mean, this was something that I had already kind of been doing, but um, having the having you Al describe this as like a discrete practice was super helpful for me to understand why doing the things that I've been doing lately have been so meaningful. Um, so thank you for, for bringing this with you to us. Yeah, That makes me very happy um, because, you know, we're all fools. I think mm. that's something that we, you know, everyone's a fool doing anything. Being an artist is like literally the most foolish thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I think it's important to not take yourself too seriously. And I I think a lot of people would be a lot happier <laughs> if they if they 
at least like in their baby steps started to perceive themselves that way. We all need to be kinder. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Practice Practice with Krista and Kayla. Thanks to Xander Wickstrom for the use of our theme song, What Do I Do Now? A real bop.